And uh, we've got some great questions this evening. So uh, for the next 20 or 25 minutes or so, we're going to wind it through. You guys stand. We're going to kick off with you. Got your mic there. Uh, the first question is, how do you know if you're leading a church? How do you know? You used the word, someone used the word tonight, toxic culture. How do you know if the culture is toxic? Well, I think you, you have an idea. That's the wonderful thing about building a biblical culture, because a toxic culture is the opposite to a Jesus culture or a biblical culture. But I think in a toxic culture, relationships conflict all the time. Um, toxic culture, there's not a sense of unity. Toxic culture, to me, those are kind of toxic culture, whereas Jesus spent all of his life trying to stop these guys calling fire down on those guys and uh, trying to pull a team together as opposed to trying to create this mm. mayhem, you know. Mm. So I think, yeah, you know, a toxic culture, how do you know if it is a toxic culture? It's one you don't want to be in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be if, if it was yeah. toxic culture, you just don't even want to be there. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the people just don't want to be in a toxic culture. Yeah. But if it's a if it's a kingdom Bible culture, yeah. people long to be in that space. Well, well, are there some clues as to how to pick it up, Steve? Maybe you can. Uh, if if, if, a, if I suppose the guy's asking the question that he he might be in a very have some unhelpful culture he doesn't even know about uh, that they're there. How, how does he pick those up? Yeah, I think it's a great question. For me, one of the identifiers would be fear. It's fear-based. So you're too scared to speak up or you've got to fight for everything. You're not, mm. you're not operating out of joy, out of honesty and no authenticity. For me, it would be the examples of a toxic culture. Mm. And I think if, you can, if it's that far that you can see all of that stuff already, it's quite a long way back to having a culture that's conducive to growth, that's uh, joy-based mm. and uh, honoring as Dan yeah. was speaking about yeah. earlier. Yeah. And Brent knows how to move yes, between does. those cultures. <laughs> no, but I've got a testimony. And uh, remember Tyron told a, uh, that story once about playing golf in, uh, I think, in Plumfontein near the abattoir. And yes, smell. As, as the visitor, he picked up the smell, but the locals just yes. got used to it. Yes. I, I think for me is, is when, when quality people start coming through and then backing away. Oh. We wrestled with that. When, when there was a, a toxicity to, to part of our culture yeah. and we would see people come through yeah. and then they'd get closer and then actually no. Wow. And, and for us, that was a warning sign. Some, that they, there's something toxic that they're picking up that we've and got used to. And how did you find it? That's what we've got apostolic team. Sometimes you know it, but I mean, my wrestle being too gracious, not truth. Sometimes you've tolerated what you've tolerate becomes your culture. Yeah. And, and that's the danger sometimes. Then it's sometimes yeah, cool. apostolic team is, is helpful to be able outside. to have guys come in and yeah. actually deal ruthlessly sometimes yeah. to yeah. put things right. So yeah. it's ouch. Yeah. Stan, another question for you on values. Uh, as a church grows, more people come in, you know, like weekly they're coming in. Uh, anything practical, a brand new guy coming in, he hasn't got your values. Do you just like immerse them in the culture? The question is, how, how do you get them to embrace, as an outsider, to embrace your values? I think what I'd be doing is get them, get them connected to the culture carriers. So I think the quicker you can get those people connected relationally into whatever structures you've got, small groups, even prayer meetings, mm. 
carry culture. I think in all of your vehicles carry culture, your Sunday. Mm. But, but more than that, I think the best way to get them in is to get them integrated into that community relationally mm. with mm. people that can start yeah. to do life with yeah. them. Great, great, brilliant. Steve, this was on one of your subjects. Um, this, this person says, I, I can't seem to keep strong guys. What would you think his problem is? It's uh, it's a very broad that's a broad question. It's like phoning into the doctor saying I've got a pain in my foot. What do you yeah. think's causing it? Could um, be a thorn. Yeah, I, I I don't know. That's the starting point. But if you've got the courage to ask the right questions, you probably would be able to identify some of the problems, if not all of them. And so you're I, suggesting when a guy leaves, you go to him and say why. If not the first person, but if you notice five, six, seven people all react in the same way, then you should be looking in the mirror. Okay, great. If it's just one, it could be on them. But if it's two, three, four, five, all of us have got growth areas. If I use that picture of the hand, all of us have got the mountains and the valleys. And if you can find people who can be lovingly honest, sometimes it's your spouse, sometimes it's those people. That you know they weren't actually against you. For some reason, there just wasn't a click. And you can ask some honest questions over a cup of coffee. That's not argue. It's not trying to solve the problem. But if you ask them, is there anything I could do to grow as a leader? If you'd ask them that question, the answers I certainly have found very partially traumatic but quite freeing. It's like, okay, you ask Ray, what's my biggest problem? Ray gave you a growth tool. Um, I've asked that question of a number of different people and the answers have been surprising but also then gives you the next thing to work on and then that enables you to work on the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Um, Last week, Ed Strong was speaking and he said he asked you to comment on his marriage and you said, well, I see your marriage as robust. (laughs) He said you didn't like that. (laughs) So but that's quite hard to ask someone. But yeah, that's, a great, that's a great answer. Anyone else got a, an answer to that, Brent? I mean, I think you covered a whole lot in terms of people want to follow someone stronger than themselves. Mm-hmm. I think one, one other thing possibly is, is strong people like vision. Yep. And, and sometimes you can be a secure, empathetic, all of those things. But if, if you're not yeah. putting big vision in front of people, big capacity people... Get bored. Yeah. And so sometimes it might just have be having the courage to go after some big vision, which wow. will catch the heart of... Wow. Hmm. Uh, Stephen, then a follow-on from that is, uh, aren't you worried that really, really strong people, even if they say they've got your heart, could do you some big damage? If you give them too many... And you're using your example down the road, give them, give them too many... Too much horsepower. Yes, but mostly no. For a few reasons. Number one, theologically. God has made my lot secure. So if someone else can take away what I'm doing, then it probably wasn't mine in the first place. So, I mean, I, I wrestled with this arriving at, at City Hill I'd come from here with a very strong leader yourself, arrived at City Hill with a very strong person that I was taking over from, with a very different style, my own, and within two years, about two years in, had a major conflict that happened in our eldership team. I was crushed. Mm. 
mm. personally. Mm. I was quite willing to throw in the towel mm. uh, and be done with it and go and do something mm. else. <laughs> and uh, I had to revisit this thing that if God's called you, I really I felt God challenged me the one night because I was toying with this. Uh, I was nursing my insecurity, just feeding it for about two weeks, mm. I'm ashamed to say. And I just felt God challenged me the one night. I, I remember it so clearly. Just I felt God say to me, you... I called you to be here, and you're the last guy that will leave this church unless I change the call on you. If everybody else leaves, you stay, because that's what I told you to do. So that changed my mindset. Okay, well, let me figure out how to engage, because there was some real strength coming my way that I didn't know how to deal with it. And then have to go and find ways of resolving the conflict, having gracious conversations. Um, At that time, I thought, all was lost, but as it turned out, I was able to create some bridges, hmm. both ways, figure out, realize where I'd made some crucial mistakes, hmm. other guys where they'd made some mistakes. Um, so I, I think if you're living in fear, strong guys are going to take stuff away from me, then you're never going to have strong hmm. people around you. Hmm. Um, but if you can live, hey, God's given this, he's got our lot secure, he's bringing people in. If things go wrong, hey, we're going to figure out a solution. Hmm. Hmm. But by cool. God's grace, I can't live in a place of fear. Uh, I think that for me would That's be great. my base. And you two guys, I mean, Steve spoke on this subject. Did, did you have anything else you want to add to it? Just, it would happen to me because I'm one of those people, I'll see the potential. Yes, they can do it. And my wife can say, just be careful. Mm. And I remember early days, I'm an engineer. Explain to me, tell me why not. I don't risk with this person. And she's, I can't. And in the beginning, I'd fight her. Well, then I'm doing it anyway and then get burnt. Mm. And, and I think by God's grace, normally a husband and wife, mm. I'd say, listen. If it's, if it's to the man, listen to your wife. Mm. If she's got a, mm, mm. just be careful, because those are the mm. people who can do you damage, men and women. Yeah. yeah. So, so that for me is, is strong people can mm. hurt you, mm. but discerning gifts are mm. helpful. Mm. Great. But I think all people can hurt you. So, um, <laughs> yes, so, absolutely. So everybody's got the potential of hurting you, and you are going to get hurt by people. But, uh, but you've got to be secure. I love Steve's thing of John the Baptist, kind of what God gives to me, I will keep. Mm. Mm. And uh, Jesus, not threatened by John, he's, I can only receive what God mm. gives to me. Mm. And if somebody can be taken from you, then maybe God didn't add them in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Brent, this looks like it's uh, come from your talk. If my church is stuck, in other words, it hasn't grown for decades, it's just stuck. Uh, some practical things of how, how to move the thing on. I mean, using your 1 Corinthians 3, I suppose you say, Apollos is poor, they're watering, they're planting, but actually nothing's really growing. What, what would you say? I don't know. I think once again, it, I mean, it, it could be a variety of things. Um, I can share a, a testimony. I was uh, too conservative. Just Sometimes it can be purely practical. I mean, I thought, look at our venue. Everyone can fit. If they really wanted to come to church, they'd come mm. to church. Mm. And we hit a plateau for ages. Then when the, the venue got bigger, church just grew. Mm. Sometimes it's just mm. a practical but, but thing the, like making space. I suppose space. what they're saying is... What door should I be knocking on? What should I be doing to find out what that thing is? I, I do think, though, that chances are it might, it might be something in, in you as a leader. It's time for fresh growth. 
Mm. Uh, and that's why I'm all in favor of leaders keep on investing in your own growth. Mm. As you grow as a leader, chances are the church will grow mm. with you. Mm. Could be like that Act 6 where it's just you need a bigger team now with mm. more diversity of gifting. Mm. Uh, could be practical. But Holy Spirit, I'm convinced. Uh, yeah. Yeah, great. Mm. Steve, you've got to throw it in there. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I don't think what we're leading can grow beyond what where we can grow, as I said earlier. And it's been something I've, like in the busyness of doing church, it's very easy to neglect putting time aside to, for personal development and growth. But over the last few years, probably every second year, I look to do something for at least a week that's putting me in another environment just to learn, to grow, to challenge me, mm. because it, it's... Like what, Steve? Attending somebody else's conference, mm. um, doing some one-on-one -on -one coaching mm. with the guy that I, I really respect. Mm. Um, travel for me has helped, yeah. you know, just dipping into some, some different views of doing things. Mm. Uh, the GLS conference that runs annually, I've tried to set aside time to do that personally take the best of those talks, we do them as a staff, hmm. as a one-day event, hmm. um, so things like that. Yeah. Stan, how have you stretched yourself? Right? I think the, the challenge is, is we think it's spiritual, so we only pay attention to spiritual realities, and like hmm. Steve said, there's emotional, there's leadership, there's different skills you've got to grow. But, um, and I think, I think this comes down, and it's kind of, and this is, probably people have heard this, but I think you can't stop hearing this. The reason why... Um, Tyron was playing golf with that guy, mm. and he said he could smell something was off, is you had somebody from the outside mm. that was not used to that smell. Mm. I used to work in Hammersdale, and Hammersdale used to have a chicken factory mm. or something. Mm. It stank. Mm. But I used to go to work every day, eventually it stops stinking. Mm. But <laughs> go back there, it stinks, you know? <laughs> and you need this thing mm. of getting outside... Yeah perspective and not just to preach mm. but to actually journey with you mm. will help some of those things as well because mm. like steve says oh, what is it you can't give an answer here but if somebody's there seeing your marriage seeing your life seeing your kids seeing the church connecting with the people and they can they can help mm. you with those things yeah, you know brilliant. so i think outside perspective and is very very yeah, key mm, great so guys there's a couple of general questions here which are are Quite exciting. Now, for those of you who don't know the churches that these guys lead, they, they all, all their churches are over a thousand people, so you've got a lot of people with you. And um, I've been to your church, Brent. So this question is, what if somebody in your church wants to plant, they feel like they're called? But, so the question is, yeah. Uh, what if I feel like I'm called to plant a church, but the church that I belong to doesn't feel that I'm called to do it? What would you say to that guy? So in other words, there's a guy in your church wants to go and plant somewhere, but he's heard either from you or from the elders around. It's not such a cool idea. What would your advice be to that guy? Go for it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this address is Durban, I think. <laughs> Not a chance a Glenridge person <laughs> sending you that question. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a tough one, eh? Because if you, if you as a leader are saying, listen, I don't think it's a good idea, you're not saying it for nothing because your mm. heart is to plant mm. and your heart is to release people. So there's probably a good reason why you would say not. Mm. Again, get external perspective. Yeah. Use the team. Use the... And get perspective about mm. that. And maybe... Mm. 
at least release them rather mm. than send them. Mm. Mm. You know, because I wouldn't, I would hate to get in the way of the call of God on yeah. somebody's life. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be obstinate about it, but I'd do it with caution. Maybe I can uh, share a testimony. I remember, I mean, Craig Clark was where we planted from in Midrand. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we did church planters. Passion couldn't, I mean, I was super excited. We'd sold up our house. We were ready. And, and he sat me down one day and he says, I, I don't think you're the, the planting type. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had like an awful down kind of moment, you know. And, and he just, I, I don't know if I've got faith for you. And... But, you know, two, two things happened. One, it, it, in us, it brought out the real motives. You, you know, it's, it's like, is this really a God thing? And mm. so it made us search our hearts. But the amazing thing was God spoke to him as well. And so I, I think if it's a God thing, God confirms his word. Mm. And, and sometimes it's good to, uh, one, it tests the call. <laughs> but, two, it confirms the call as well. And uh, yeah. I think God does speak if we ask him. Yeah. Ah, great. Good. I, I would say to the person who asked that question that I would ask the elders why yeah. they didn't feel. And so if you disqualified to plant, you should hang around a little longer. Mm. And, but I think getting outside perspective, getting apostolic team in, asking them just to bring in the guys that work with the, the church is a brilliant idea. Here's a question for you, Steve. Uh, where does the church get the funds to plant a church? <laughs> so I'm assuming he's talking about the planter. What's your email address, Grant? <laughs> um, I think we've observed different ways of planting. One of them would be where the base church that's sending out that planter chooses to fund that church for a while, uh, which would kind of be the nicest way to plant. But even in that scenario, there's got to come a bridge of faith to where the planter is doing it fully financially on his own, and um, that it's not a long-term, decade-long uh, financial support. Um, and not, but not everybody could be planted like that. Going back to the previous question, if it was a guy planting where the elders feel, man, we're not sure we can back this 100%, but we'd great if you proved us wrong. Um, I think that we have to see a lot of guys planting that, do, that are marketplace leaders, find a job in the marketplace and plant at the same time, mm. and then trust God that as you start to meet, people are added, their financial contribution starts to fund some of the uh, f financial requirements of the church. Yeah. And then sometimes there's supernatural provision. Somebody yeah. says, I'm going. There's a little bit of money given maybe by the planting church. When you hear some amazing stories of how God moves people's mm. hearts all over the place, mm. just that finances come in. Mm. But I think... If your heart in planting is, I will only go once I'm fully funded and every cent yeah. is there. Problem. I, yeah, then I think you're, you've. Yeah. Uh, a problem, yeah. That's a, a major difficulty. Mm. How, Stan, maybe you can kick this off. How would you practically plant a church in this current COVID 19 climate? I know of a few guys who want to hit Love. the trigger right now. What I mean, is, I know some guys on your staff that are wanting to hit the trigger yes, right now. Yes, maybe they're at the question. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Get a good internet connection. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Cheapers, I think it's tough. Up. Okay, Brent, on the floor? If you, if you got a <laughs> I, I suppose, I mean, it depends in, in what sort of scale level. We've got a, a couple in Ireland at the moment 
they, they moved there a couple of years back, maybe a year ago, struggled to, to connect in where they, the town they live. And so once all the online church started, they were back in and loving it. And then they just said, well, would it be all right if we just start inviting a whole lot of our friends to come and watch at the house with us? And, and so now they've just started gathering, gathering, gathering. And hmm. the reality is, is if there's life in that, I said, hey, you keep gathering families and we will come and wow. support you. But wow. actually the technology is happening. So if you are a loving, wow. inviting, connecting person. So that's actually helping it. Absolutely. So, 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 yeah, so that's brilliant. Yeah, I think it can work. Let, let me tell you about a guy in uh, Edenvale, a chap called Jonathan. In stage... Three, I think. It might even have been in stage four, lockdown. Uh, the church, New Day, that he was part of, decided to plant him out. hundred people went with him, but he was very frustrated now because now he has to have two, two meetings because he can only have 50-50. And uh, so New Day didn't bother at all. They just, I think it was stage, as stage three hit, they planted a hundred people out. And uh, that church is rocking, so I, I know it can happen. Last question. Guys, I think, yeah. I think in those things, if the life of God is in it, it will find a way. Mm. I mean, you can't find that woman branch that's growing out of the bridge. You don't mm. think, how did it get there? Mm. The life of God is in it. <laughs> it, will, it will find its way through, you know. And yeah. I think, listen, and normally if you're planting, you're not planting with 100 people. You're planting yes. with you and your family yes. and one or two. Yeah. And you're allowed to meet with 10, people, 10 exactly. visitors now. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. why not? Yeah. Yeah, and I actually think Brent's um, story there is brilliant because of, often people, you know, have to muster up the courage, you know, find a few guys on the street, come and listen to me preach, but actually you're not doing that now, come and listen to Brent preach, a strange African from a thousand miles away. Last question, which I think is an important one, what if I feel called to plant a church but my wife doesn't? Who'd like to handle that one? I've got part of the answer. <laughs> I, I think just sometimes that is why. Sometimes it might be not about call at all. It might be just about fear, insecurity, and those sort of things. And so God might be calling, and she might even know it, but I'm not feeling called because actually I'm feeling more fear than I'm feeling called. And so definitely don't plan until there is unity, but pray sometimes what actually is it, Lord, that's stopping that response to the call. Uh, because oh, no, fear is a big thing and mm. the uncertainties and all of that. Uh, so mm. maybe just to kind of, what is it really that's mm. holding it back? Church planning is not a game. So you can't limp into it. You can't go half-hearted into it and you can't go as half a family into mm. it. So yeah. the short answer is pause. Pause.